Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to The Broad Experience, a show about women, the workplace, and success. I'm Ashley Miltite. This time, trying to control what we can control in this crazy world we inhabit in 2021, including getting paid for our work. What I have to do then is say, this is my rate. And then I have to shut up. And that's very hard because what I, you know, my tendency would be, this is my day rate. But of course, you might not want to pay that and I can offer you a discount. <laughs> Start to talk yourself out of it if you're not careful coming up on the broad experience the beginning of this year does not feel like the last new year doesn't feel like any new year i have ever known much of the world is still engulfed by a brutal pandemic Many of us, if we're working, have been working at home for months. And when I moved to America almost 25 years ago, I could never have imagined the situation we now find ourselves in, where Americans just violently invaded the seat of government. By the time a lot of you hear this, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris should have been sworn in as president and vice president of the United States. Maybe this year can redeem itself soon. Since there's so much we can't control at the moment, we're going to talk about what we can do. That is, take the reins of our own career, which most of us are now having to do from behind a computer. And we're going to talk about a subject I've covered in the past that I still think about a lot. Women offering their services for free. My guest started 2020 on a high Then everything ground to a halt, and by October, it seemed like her new business was done. You've met Lisa Unwin before. Just over two years ago, I did a show called The Comeback. Lisa starred in that show. She'd co-written a book called She's Back, about women coming back after career breaks. Lisa's from Sheffield in Yorkshire. These days, she lives in London with her husband and teenage kids. The year after we last spoke, Lisa co-founded another business, Reignite Academy. Its aim is to get lawyers back to work after a career break, sometimes a long break. And it can be anyone, but of course, it is almost entirely women they work with. So beginning of 2020, Reignite had been going for over a year. Uh, We had placed 25 women back into work after career breaks with about 13 different law firms. We were super excited about the future. We thought we might expand outside of London into uh, Birmingham and the south of England. Then came mid-March and everything stopped. Their clients cut all discretionary spending. After the initial shock, Lisa says at least they were helped by the UK's furlough scheme. That meant that even though they wouldn't have any income coming in from clients for a few months, or what they thought would be a few months, 
they could keep on their one full-time employee. They made themselves useful with online trainings, advice. Then summer came, and a lot of people in the UK went away on vacation. The virus didn't seem as much of a threat. The government told people to go back to their workplaces. Lisa was gearing up to get back to full-time business in September. But then virus numbers began to climb. Within the space of a week, I think it was probably the second week in September when we'd hoped to be signing up our member law firms again, the government said, actually, this edict that we had where you all need to go back to the office, and they had been very persuasive saying people need to go back into the office. Actually, we've changed our minds about that. You need to go back home. And I think it sapped the lifeblood and confidence out of the system. And so law firms that we'd hoped to sign up as members again in September were suddenly saying, well, we're really keen, but it won't be till next year. Now, we're a, we're a, we're not just a small business, we're a tiny business. We were like, well... I'm not sure we can continue for another another six months with no income. Maybe we have to pull the plug. I think I was in denial about that for a good four or five weeks. And then come October, we I was really low and I just thought this business has no future. We had to let our one employee go, which is really sad. And we just sat back and licked our wounds for a couple of weeks and felt very sorry for ourselves, if I'm perfectly honest. Right around then, I came across one of Lisa's wound-licking posts on LinkedIn. She felt like, yet again, women were getting shafted as companies dropped commitments they'd made only months earlier. But she didn't feel sorry for herself for long. Her posts soon took on their usual bracing tone. She began to focus on what people could do with their careers during a pandemic rather than what they couldn't. One article of hers that really caught my eye was about how women should do the next lockdown differently. In the piece, she cited a survey by the magazine The Lawyer. Among other things, it had asked male and female law partners how they had fared during the first UK lockdown in the spring, including which social media networks they'd been using. And they found that men were much more likely to be more active on LinkedIn than they were pre-pandemic. And women were less active on LinkedIn, but more active on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. So that made me cross again, because I thought, well, you know, we've only ourselves to blame here. If we choose to use this time to faff around on Facebook, when our male colleagues are on LinkedIn, maintaining their networks, building their personal profile, keeping up with what's going on at their clients. So the article I wrote, the context of it was, Let's use this lockdown productively. Don't make the mistakes we made last time. Let's think about how you can use the time. So make sure your partner share the burden if you've got one. A partner, that is not a burden. Be on LinkedIn. Pick the phone up and reconnect with people. Don't sit back and moan. No one's on a plane anymore. So the people you want to talk to will pick the phone up. Pick the phone up. Speak to them. Yeah, well, I I want to ask you about the phone, actually, um, because... Because you and I remember a time when it was normal in business to be on a lot of phone calls. And actually, as a journalist, it still is. Although I will say a lot has obviously gone to email and other, um, and other message and messaging apps. But picking up the phone when you're on deadline is still one of the best ways to get hold of somebody. So it hasn't become as alien to me as it has to some other people in, in different spheres of work. And I think um, if you didn't grow up using the phone as just part of your daily life, it can be a little bit scary to 
pick up the phone and talk to somebody. Yeah, and you just have to do it. I remember when I first started work as a 22-year-old, um, we had to pick up the <laughs> you'd have to pick up the phone to chase some letters that were due from a from a client, and I'd sit there with this phone in front of me, and it would you know have to wait till no one was around to hear my conversation before I dared pick the phone up and have this conversation. But it's the best way of developing a relationship with people, actually talking to them. And what what I found so a lot of what reignite does is 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 recruiting. You can't recruit people without talking to them. You know, if you've got someone who, say, who says they're interested in a job, they want to talk to you about, well, what's that client like? How would they feel about me working four days a week? Equally, I want to talk to them to say, if, if you got this offer, would you take it? What are your concerns? You just don't get that flavor from an email. So you have to. But, but the, although it's scary, it's so efficient. Something can, t- you know, a conversation you can resolve in five minutes on a phone call. What might take you half an hour well or more if you're faffing about one email trying to sort out a time to meet. I do think trying to connect with someone senior to you has a bit of an art to it. I'm not sure picking up the phone and calling them out of the blue is necessarily going to win them over. But I do think on the whole, the phone is underrated. We are, of course, spending a ton of time on video. Lisa thinks being plunged into someone's home via Zoom or Google Meet is democratising professional relationships. So if I think about having to go to see a client before, I would have to arrange a meeting and then I would have to go to their offices. Often they were shared offices, so you'd have to get past some barrier, go up the right escalator, get past another um, set of receptionists. It was all very formal. You know, you're handing your name over, you're getting a name badge, you're getting in a lift that could take you to the wrong floor if you're not careful. And then you meet somebody in the in a in a meeting room where there's a there's a power equation and somebody pours the coffee and somebody gives you a biscuit or not. Whereas if I made arranged to meet you or, or meet a client, they're in their own home and I can see the washing in the background and their kids are coming in interrupting them or the dogs barking. It just reminds you that we're all human. I want to go back to that really interesting finding about where male lawyers were spending their time during lockdown on social media, which was on LinkedIn, and where the women were, which was more on what I think of as the more social networks like Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, which can be worky as well. But why do you think why do you think it is that women were or are spending their time on those networks more than LinkedIn? Because there might I don't know, there might be a few reasons for that. Have you thought about that? Number one, they've, ne- they've never used it, so they don't appreciate how useful it is. But number two, even when they do appreciate that it's useful, what I find is that I'll say to them, well, why are you not on LinkedIn? They'll go, well, I'm a bit embarrassed. I said, why are you embarrassed? Well, because, you know, the people I, I used to work with, the people I started with, they're now really senior and look at me, I've done nothing for the last five years. And I'll go, okay, forget the done nothing bit for a minute, we'll come back to that. The fact that those people you used to work with are now really senior is a good thing. Because people generally are quite nice. And when you connect with them and tell them what you're doing and ask them for a bit of help, they'll help you. And so the, and the connections you make early on in your career, will, they will grow with you. And it doesn't matter if you've not spoken to them for 10, 15 years. They'll remember you. I've found this, definitely. And they will connect with you. I agree about LinkedIn. I used to think of it as a sort of online CV and not much more. 
But until last summer, I'd spent a lot of time paying hardly any attention to it. And when I came back, I realised it had actually morphed into a social network a lot like the others in the time that I'd been away, or at least it's trying to be. And I don't want to harp on this too much, but those findings about male and female lawyers and which social media they were using in lockdown... I said to Lisa, you know, after all, these weren't women lawyers who were on a career break. They were working just like the men. But maybe part of the reason women were on Facebook and Instagram and not on LinkedIn very much was because they were sharing their frustrations about everything that was going on. And maybe you're more likely to do that on Facebook, for instance. Yeah, yeah. And probably getting tips on homeschooling. You know, that's probably why. And it was probably a bit of a release valve. But then that comes back to this point about taking ownership for your own career and for your own future. And I'm not, oh, sweeping generalisation alert. I think a lot of times women, especially if they have children, you're responsible for so much that often your career does take a bit of a back seat because you're looking after three people's diaries and two people's educations and a home and, and all of that. And it's easy for people to moan. And I've, don't get me wrong, I do my own first set of moaning about how it's not fair that we were excluded from a lot of the informal networks where um, business goes on, like from the, you know, the pub or the race course or the rugby match or whatever. But all of those things are not going on now, by the way. So we can't really moan about that anymore. But if you, if you don't want to do those things, then what are you going to do for yourself to promote yourself and to progress your career? And nobody's going to do it for you. No one, that's one of the things I realised back in the autumn when I was licking my wounds, feeling really sorry for myself that, that, that the Reignite Academy, which I'd tried so hard to build, was going to fail. Um, and I thought, well, it will if I continue to sit here feeling sorry for myself. The only way we'll get this going again is if I start picking the phone up to clients, talking to them about the year ahead, telling them what fabulous candidates we've got and doing this for myself. Um, along with Steph, my my business partner. So after her initial weeks-long slump in the autumn, Lisa began doing just that. And it worked. Are they as busy as she'd like? No. But all is not doom and gloom either. They had some new law firms sign up as members, which gave them membership fees. They placed six women in jobs, and that got them placement fees. And so much of what she's been doing all along with both her businesses is connecting with people who are or were in her orbit. She says it comes back to that thing of just keeping in touch with people. My original business was called She's Back, which was about trying to shine a light on the potential of women of all sorts of professions who had sort of given up on their careers or lost their careers in some some way. The biggest thing I learned about setting that business up and then and then through Reignite was that your network, I, the people you know, let's call them your connections, because women hate the word networking. Your network, your connections, they're one of the most powerful assets that you have. But we don't, as women, I don't think we always use it as much as we could. So they're there, the people you know, the people you've worked with, the people you've worked for, the people you've come across in you know, the charity work you do. There's so many people that can help you if you know how to tap into them and use them and help them back. Um, but we ha- you, ha- you have to use the online channels to find them now because, because we are sort of stuck at home. Sometimes you don't even have to know the person. This is a story about the power of social media. And as I told Lisa, it took me completely by surprise. I actually got a job 
last year from a tweet, which I would never have expected. And all I did was write about somebody's work. I linked to this article he'd written and I tagged him and he was writing about podcasting, which I do tweet about sometimes. And I'd, I'd, ta- I'd, I'd done this a few times over the course of a few months. I just thought, oh, this is interesting. He's writing about this. And after one particular tweet, I got an, in, um, an email in my inbox essentially saying, uh, would you like to work with me on a podcast? And I was stunned because that was just all I was doing was sharing his work and tagging him so that he knew about it. Mm. It's just about being a little bit savvy and being my my friend Deb, who I wrote, um, she's back the book with. She calls it being at the net, just being ready, being on it, being. She's a little live wire. She's from Yorkshire as well. Just being really savvy and ready to ready to be there and say something and be useful. Sometimes when you're ready, serendipity strikes. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Recently, I posted something on social media on a topic that is close to my heart, getting asked to work for free. I did a whole show on this back in 2014 that some of you will remember. And I came across something online the other week that I loved. It's basically four polite points with which you can reply if someone asks you to work for nothing. You, a few months ago, wrote a whole post about this and I'd like and I'd like to to talk about this because it's something I believe women are still approached and asked to do I think more often than men are because women sorry people expect women to be nice and agreeable and pliable and frankly they expect them to do things for free in a way that most people don't expect men to do things for free and you were you said you were you were willingly doing it Oh, I, was, I, I did loads. I did loads for free because when I first set up and my excuse slash rationale was this will help me build my brand. But that's only useful if it helps you build your brand in a way that ultimately will earn you some money. And the danger of being on a podium, being on a panel where you're giving away your expertise for free is that you just enhance your reputation for being fabulous on a panel where you give away your expertise for free. So that, and I learned the hard way, and I, I don't know whether, I think in the article you refer to, I, I talk about my, my aha moment was once I did a, I was speaking at a breakfast meeting for a multinational consulting firm who'd asked me to come to this breakfast meeting and, and speak to this team of people for nothing. And of course I did because it was building my brand with this multinational firm. And I got there and, 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 and I had to move heaven and earth to get to central London. It was at Fortnum and Mason, so it was really posh. Moved heaven and earth to get there for half past seven or whatever. We had breakfast and I spoke and everybody had a fabulous time. And I looked around and I realized 
the man on the door at Fortnum and Mason, the man driving the tube that got me there, the people sitting around at this breakfast, eating their breakfast, the people serving the breakfast, cooking the breakfast, clearing the, everything away. Every single person was being paid to be there apart from me. And when it came to the end of the breakfast, somebody gave a very nice speech and they said, thank you very much for your time. And they gave me a mug with my initial on it, L, um, which is for Lisa and it's also for Loser because I took this mug home and I have my tea in it every morning because it was nobody's fault that I was doing that for free other than mine. I was the one they'd asked and I said, yes. I'd never even said to them, do you have a budget? Here's my day rate. This is what I charge. So that was a big aha for me. As she became firmer, better at asking what their budget was and thus getting paid to talk, she noticed something else. When people had to pay to attend the event, online or off, almost everyone showed up. When the event was free, the room might be half empty, which felt pretty insulting to her. We all tend to value what we pay for. Lisa had another clarifying moment a bit later on. She was asked to give a half-hour talk at a company. And I said to Melinda, my business partner, I'm not really quite sure how to charge for this because it's only 30 minutes. And she said, Lisa, the reason it's not the 30 minutes you're going to spend speaking. It's the 30 years experience you've had that allow you to say something useful in those 30 minutes. And I thought, oh, love that way of looking at it. And it's true. If you're a knowledge worker, it's your knowledge that people are after. And many years of experience build up a lot of knowledge. But of course, there are going to be times when you make an exception, like when a cause or a person means a lot to you and you're happy to offer your services. But even for causes that Lisa's really into, she's careful now to ask about the budget first. I've done a couple of talks recently for people's women's networks where I've gone, OK, I'd love to do this. Here's what I can offer. Do you have a budget? Or this is my day rate. What I have to do then is say, this is my rate. And then I have to shut up. And that's very hard because what I, you know, my tendency would be, this is my day rate. But of course, you might not want to pay that and I can offer you a discount. <laughs> you start to talk yourself out of it if you're not careful. Um, and I found that works really well, the shutting up bit and having a, and knowing what your fee is. It is really hard to do when you're used to undermining yourself, but practice makes perfect. Let's come back, before we go, let's come back to the pandemic and the situation we're all in now. Is I've never been a fan of January. I've never been one of these new year, new you people. I've actually always found it hard to, to, to drag myself through January. This year, to me, it just feels like more of the same. It doesn't feel like a normal new year at all. And I'm, yeah, I'm finding it even harder than usual to be optimistic about what's coming up given a where we are with the virus in the US and the UK and B, obviously the, the stuff that's going on politically in the US is horrendous. And um, oof. <laughs> I know what you mean. I hate January. <laughs> but I'm treating it each day at a time. I'm also, I am actually really positive about the future. And that's because 
Um, I think because of where we started, actually, the world has changed. Yes, we've got to get people vaccinated. And until until we get a mass vaccination program rolled out, I can't see that we're going to ease the pressure on on the NHS here and, and allow people to get back to any form of normal. But that's happening. We've just got to be a little bit patient. But then if I look to, to business, the world has changed. Remote working is much more the norm, which which is a game changer, actually, for for a lot of people and for women in particular. I am seeing businesses start to take seriously the need to find ways of attracting and retaining different sorts of talent, which is really positive, be that different because they're different ethnicity or because they're female in a traditionally male world. I do genuinely, I could be completely wrong, but I genuinely think there is an appetite for that. And as long as I do something each day that I feel nudges us a little bit closer to having a business to go back to, then I'm happy. My expectation levels are now very, very low. It doesn't take a lot for me to go. That was good. Lisa Unwin. And if you're interested in listening to more on some of the stuff we discussed in this show, you can hear The Hell of Networking. That's episode 40 and episode 52, When Women Work for Free. That's the broad experience for this time. I'll post more information about Lisa and Reignite Academy under this episode at thebroadexperience.com. And if you go there, you can also see those four useful, polite pointers for responding to somebody who asks you to give your services away for nothing. Please keep telling your friends about the show. Word of mouth has been hugely helpful in building an audience. So thank you to all those of you who have done that. And thank you again to all my supporters. You can donate any amount at the support tab at thebroadexperience.com. And if you can part with 50 bucks, I'll send you a Broad Experience t-shirt, Ladies Cut. You can see that on the website as well. I'm Ashley Milne-Tite. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 